0: and paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, My guest this afternoon is Scott Lawler. Scott is a uh, consultant and a coach to painting contractors. Uh, He works out of Chicago, but he does work remotely like all of us these days. Uh, and he does training and uh, specific training and generalized training to painting contractors. And he and I had, had bumped into each other on LinkedIn. I saw a couple of posts that he put up that were interesting. And so I reached out to him and we started a little conversation and, and I was impressed with what he had to say. and And so... While listening to him go on about what it is that he does, he started talking about something that I thought would be right up our alley. And that is how to uh, help uh, independent paint retailers uh, work on their uh, relationships with their painters, with their contractors, because that is 50, 60, 70 percent of our business. Uh, and so how to uh, make us work together to uh, stand out a little bit from the crowd of people that are just saying, yeah, we do good service uh, and, and put some real specifics on there. And one of the ways that you can put specifics uh, onto your statement of, of we give the best service is to give the best service. And so some of the ways that you can do that uh, specifically is to make your painters better at what they do. And so there's lots of ways to do that, and I'm not going to try to get into that in the introduction, but I want you to listen uh, to what Scott has to say. And there's lots of ways that independent retailers can be working with their painters to make their painters better, to make their job easier, uh, to make them a little more loyal, all that have nothing to do with price. And so the idea is uh, to find ways to connect with your contractors, to connect with your professional users and find things that are important to them that you can provide other than just being cheaper. And once you do that, you've really moved from being a, a, a retailer to somebody who's um, more in the relationship business. And that's where you want to be. You, uh, first off, you never want to be uh, talking price with the customer because you and I both know that there's, there's no winning that comes out of that. If you're, uh, far off the market and you're always talking about price. And and for me, in particular, at my stores uh, in the Bronx, I always wanted to be on the higher side because that's how I made money. And so that created difficult conversations. And so one of the ways uh, that I got around that was by offering other services to uh, contractors that would make them look away from the price differential and so a lot of the services that scott offers i used to do you know i do consulting for paint retailers Uh, i used to do consulting for paint contractors as well and and so a lot of what scott's saying uh, i know will work Uh, and so give a listen and and let me know what you think you could send me an email like and subscribe and uh, enjoy the episode thanks Hey, everyone. I'm here today with Scott Lawler. Scott is a a consultant and a coach to painting contractors. He's out of the Chicago land area. Scott, how are you this morning?
1: I'm doing great. It's good to be with you.
0: Yeah, thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. So tell me, what is a a consultant and a coach to painting contractors?
1: Yeah, well, what what I do is I help contractors be better at the business of contracting. Um, We have great resources through the manufacturing and dealer channels on technical expertise, the product and how to apply it. But a lot of contractors really struggle at the business of contracting. So that's really what I come in and help with, whether it be marketing, financial analysis, uh, HR, these types of things that make uh, contractors great.
0: Right. And, And how did you get into this? What's your background?
1: Yeah, so I've actually been in the paint industry my whole adult life. Uh, classic did this, putting myself through college. And then outside Working of college, as, a painter, as a painter, you mean? As a painter. Con- uh, I actually never worked as a painter for anyone else. I always worked for myself. And then in several points in my 30-year career, have had the opportunity to help others uh, scale their companies and really enjoyed that, I would say- my expertise is specifically on financial data and operations. I'm an operations guy.
0: Right. And and so what you do basically is is you get hired by painting contractors. And it. I'm assuming it sounds like you work for probably some larger painting contractors, a guy with him and his cousin are, are not going to need the services of somebody like you.
1: That's typically correct. So if, if we were to put a number on it, which is we always are cautious to do, but I would say somewhere at about Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in annual revenue is is about the time where they have both some time and some money to afford this. And um, our goal is to get them through what I call Death Valley, which is about the next five hundred thousand dollars. So our goal is to get them from seven hundred and fifty to one point two five million um, as quickly as possible, because then that's our next uh, plateau where we have some additional freedom and money to really then scale our company to. The, the millions, uh, if that's your pre- preference.
0: And and so I'm curious, what happens at that 750 to a million and a quarter that's so uh, scary to you for painters? Because independent retailers have that same problem as they go from one to two stores and two to three. You know, there's risk along the way at those growth points. What is it right. with painters that you see?
1: Yeah, so typically an owner can get to about that level pretty much by themselves so they sell it they run it they press the marketing button a little bit and since by sheer hustle you can do that right right um if you show up and are breathing you have a pretty good chance of getting 40 to 50 percent of your bids it's a referral-based business and it really can work just fine you have some decent painters at that point around that point and as high as maybe a million you're going to start needing some help so so that's going to require um, more on your in your expense categories, your GNA, you're going to have to spend some money on either an assistant of some sort or possibly if you're not that great at sales maybe then you start hiring a, a salesperson for instance. So now all of a sudden you're paying a, a big chunk of your what used to be profits and now those are called expenses so now you have less money. So what's the only option? Well, the option is you better grow because revenue is what's going to pay for that. And so we know that adding that um, overhead is critical at that point. And the only way to truly pay for it and get the return out of your company is to grow. And I say about 1.25 is the next place where you'll stop and get a little breathing room.
0: Right. And so we're going to get in a second to, uh, why you're here, which is that connection between painting contractors and independent retailers, which is a very strong one. But what are some of the things that, that you and your, uh, clients or, or people that you're coaching, what are some of the things that you're working on to help them, uh, get to those levels?
1: Yeah, we find that, um, Contractors lack the organization and the systematic integration with technology. Um, so, we, we want to track, for instance, your sales data in a CRM. Uh, we want to have a systematic approach to job profitability. So, how do we do that? Well, we need a very concise accounting system, uh, timekeeping, uh, using time apps that gives us a lot of data there. Um, and then uh, Keeping in contact with our customers through a, a database, right? So everybody say, would would say freely that their best lead source is past customers, and yet we do a very poor job at keeping um, in contact with them. So what would be a systematic way that we would just regularly um, communicate with them and just rem- remind them that we're in business and we and they loved us five years ago and and we're still here. So we. we we find that sometimes they just forget about us because we never bothered to go back and say hi. Right. So, uh, and in addition by doing that, so maybe they don't need something right now, but their friend just mentioned they. That. So that's how all that works. And by doing it in a systematic and regular uh, predictable way, then we have the results that we want, tracking back to the leads, to the to revenue. Um, and then what we also find is that there's lots of great referral partners that do these little things for us for very, very inexpensive amounts. So we develop these referral partners where we say, hey, you don't have to be an expert at marketing. Why don't we just outsource that? why don't we outsource your bookkeeping? And why don't we outsource maybe your HR even? And so that you can focus on the business of painting because that's really what got you here and what you're great at.
0: Right. That's interesting because, right, I, I actually find that with paint retailers as well. A lot of times uh, they ended up in this spot. It could be a family situation or just the way their career went. And there's parts of the, uh, the circumstances of their lives that they, you know, whether it's a business aspect or a marketing aspect that, you know, they just don't have training with. They didn't take that in college. They didn't uh, go to college. Their career path that led there didn't include any marketing. And so they, they find themselves deficient in those areas.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And so that's interesting to me. Uh, uh, you and I connected via LinkedIn. I saw some postings that you were doing and, and, saw some of the work that you were doing and i thought you know it's interesting that relationship that connection between painting contractors and independent retailers right because independent paint retailers are getting some large number, I've, I've heard it sort of all over the map, but it's somewhere between 60 and 75% uh, of their business, so significant, is coming, from, uh, uh, is coming from painting contractors. And so I thought it'd be interesting uh, for you to share some of your perspectives on how independent retailers can uh, work to solidify those relationships. And in your experience, what might be uh, appealing uh, in a vendor to a painting contractor?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a relationship that's very similar to a lot of them, which is loyalty, right? You want a you want a uh, a customer that's loyal to your brand first of all and also your store, both. So it it requires both. But what are you selling? Well, there's parts that I would argue it's somewhat of a commodity. We can buy paint at a lot of places, right? And so um that's it's almost like what I would consider in our world a feature and benefit. You know, we teach people that you don't walk up to the customer and say, I'm insured. We do quality. Like, what do you mean quality? Like, in other words, there's not quality. Like, isn't that the baseline? You know, I'm professional. Well, I assumed you're professional. What What else you got? You know, right. so we're 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 we teach contractors to listen and ask the right questions to find out what exactly is this prospect looking for. Well, we the last person made a big mess or we have a really interesting timeline. So there's other reasons than just a paint job. And I would suspect the dealer would also have the same issue. Um, yes, we need paint. okay? That's the baseline. But I could get paint a lot of places. So what might I offer to my client or the contractor or what we're, what we're talking about today? What might be some other peripheral things that I might do that might create loyalty that might create a stronger bond? What could I do to help them be better at their job that's not just a quality paint or roller or brush? Because those are are the baseline. Of course, we have those in our stores. And by the way, you have a whole range of quality to contractor line to apartment paint. So we understand it's not just about quality because, you know, it's all over the place. So my thought as I've grown up in this industry and had great relationships with a Very strong dealer here in Chicago is, you know, what are some other things you might do to help the contractor be better? And if you make the contractor better, then might that help them be a better customer? Might that be a way for them to buy more paint? Might that be a way. For them to pay on time. So those are the things... Or cause
0: that, some other sort of loyalty in the relationship.
1: Sure. Yeah. And, and and sure, they might also spend some of those dollars other places. And, and that's, that's fair. But would you rather have a, a nice slice of a big pie or would you have a nice slice of a small pie? And I think um, if you just run your own race and do your own thing and be special at whatever you do and, and create more loyalty with your contractors then you're just gonna have a great big piece of pie and it's gonna be a great pie because they're a strong contractor, they're solvent, they're doing good business and they're not nickel and diming you at the product because they've understood that the purchase of the paint is really not even close to their biggest expense. So they're right. instead of worrying about 50 cents a gallon and, and just beating you up, they're really focusing on service and the relationship that you've built and they're gonna value and honor what you bring to the table that's way above that 50 cents.
0: Right. And so what sort of things uh, would you think that that paint retailers can offer to contractors uh, that, that might help uh, bridge some of that? I know we had talked a little bit during the prep about uh, pro shows. Why don't we talk a little bit about that now?
1: Yeah. So pro shows um, are a great way to add a little bit of education now we understand everyone has limitations on space or whatever it is but you know that's that's just a problem to solve like we all have problems to solve you can solve it carve out a little niche in your wallpaper or blind department or whatever and you bring someone in that's going to do five sessions on marketing or on how to use facebook ads or google ads or how to even create a website or SEO or I could I could go on for thirty minutes on ideas right but a little person now what I would suggest is Of course, this sounds pretty quickly. uh, Some of you already thought about the dollar sign in your head, even as I speak. And you know what? You can find someone in your community or in your circle of influence or even in a a manufacturer recommended person that's in house um, that might be able to do this for free as a marketing effort. In other words, I. I might say I'll go speak to your clients because maybe some of them will hire me. And that's the same thing I would say to you. You don't need a $10,000 speaker's budget for this. You go find someone that would be willing to give you a few hours to do about three or four quick sessions around your busy time on your in in your in-store pro show and you'll you'll find a few people that'll sit there and enjoy that and really appreciate that. And you we all have to get over this head trash of like, well, I didn't see 50 people in that area. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you could help one person, then that would be really all you're really looking for. So that is a great way. And there's lots of topics. Marketing is an easy topic. um, And I quite think I think it's actually very um, attractive to people because that's the holy grail. Like, how do I do this? Um, Some other things, if you had more space and more formality, you might do a little bit with Financial data, or um, you could even do a little bit with some light HR or something. These are empire.
0: actual trainings that you're you're suggesting bringing somebody in and into a closed store, maybe five thirty uh, at night or something like that. And bringing somebody in with some expertise and and speaking to contractors on specific topics. It sounds like
1: absolutely, yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that one of the things that. Um, I'm in a big market. Okay. I'm in Chicago. So the, right. um, the, the, the large manufacturers have, have larger shows here. Right. right. Um, uh, so I, I understand that not everybody has this market and a lot of your, your people that we're talking to today might have a single store. I understand that. So I'm not asking you to go rent a ballroom for five grand and provide steak dinners. I'm saying carve out a little space, throw some chairs there, uh, give them, a bottle of water or a Coke or right. something or some pretzels right. and say, Hey, if you're interested for an hour and a half, I'm going to, I'm we're going to have someone in here talking about marketing and that's right. all, that's all there is to it.
0: And it's interesting to me because you, you kind of presented that during, during our prep, you kind of presented that uh, offering that aspect as a service. And, and so I find that interesting because a lot of, uh, of independent paint retailers that I know, if you ask them, Uh, What is it about uh, uh, what we do that attracts painting contractors to our stores versus like a Sharon Williams or a Home Depot? And they'll all tell you it's service. And so when you ask them specifically what service, put a name to that. Sometimes it's harder to come up with answers because, you know, if you're going to tell me that you carry the paint out to the car or we deliver or anything like that, you know, I got bad news for you. The Sharon williams guy is going to deliver. He's going to carry the paint out to your car. So is Home Depot and all of uh, the other people that, that you can buy paint from. So these are services that you're offering your customers that aren't necessarily found uh, at another uh, deal or another relationship point.
1: That's exactly right. And and you, the dealers have the same problem we all have, which is either you are too stretched to take time to make a plan. So that's just classic, right? Um, and the other thing is you are uncomfortable in that space. What are you comfortable doing? You're comfortable behind the tenter or behind the crash register taking orders. And so what are you doing? Well, that's inbound. So you're not going to be able to move that needle. You're dependent on the economy or the, the weather. And so I would never want to be in that position where someone else determined my success. Whether um, So w- what I would do is I would say, hey, yes, we sell paint and brushes and rollers. And yes, you can get that at Home Depot as well. But, but hey, we've got some other things we want to help you. We want to be your partner and we hope you buy paint as well. And that's a different message and that's a different relationship. And you do that for me and I'm going to pay more money for your paint. I don't really care the features and benefits, but I'm going to be in your store as a thank you for you helping me get to where I, I am today.
0: And a lot of times, uh, people say, well, it's silly, they're not going to pay more for that. Uh, that's actually not, not true. It's it's not that they're willing to pay more for a particular service. It's that uh, when you offer level of service that, that uh, makes you a true partner with your customers, that adds value to their business, all you've done, you haven't uh, made price uh go away all you've done is made it less important so it's it's true that price is listen price is always there right you're not going to be able to sell somebody something for 40 dollars that they can buy elsewhere for 25 right we're talking about the difference between uh my dealers who i like to say sell it at 40 when they know they can get it somewhere else maybe for 37.
1: that's correct right so i that is a clear distinction so right and so products- we're just trying
0: to bridge that smaller gap Just so we can be a little bit more profitable.
1: That's right. If I can go buy Regal for 54 somewhere and 45 somewhere, for instance, well, I'm going to the 45 place and I'm going to be a little irritated that you didn't take care of me. I think that I want to be treated fairly. That's correct. But um, I don't think I can. I, I actually don't think I know I can't get the products in your line. At other places. So in other words, my first decision I've made is I want a, in this case, we're gonna say Benjamin Moore product. That's my first decision. I've made that project. I've already made that decision because I believe in the product, I believe in the company, and I want the washability or whatever, right? But now I now I have the second question is where am I gonna buy it? Okay. So do I do want my treated fairly. Okay, sometimes I pay a little bit more for that roll of tape than I could somewhere else, but as an overall thing, I'm treated fairly here. That's all I could ask for. And I'm going to go make money on my labor. We need to educate the contract to understand this is the wrong place to focus on nickels and dimes.
0: Yeah. And, and by doing that, uh, by by making them wiser in that respect, uh, by showing them uh, that the paint is, that the price of the paint is not the most important part of the transaction, you're actually making them better business people because you're showing them uh, sort of by default what is the most important part of the transaction. If it's not these, you know, three gallons of paint, what is it? And then right. once you get a chance to show them that, they see what you're talking about.
1: Right. One of the, one story I'll share quickly is when Aura was rolled out, and I don't even know now; it's been a long time. But when Aura was rolled out, one of the one of the marketing messages that um, they were trying to say is that we could eliminate a full coat of paint. You know, it was two in one. You know, we, right. we got great coverage on all these things, right? Right. Well, I think was- when it
0: originally came out, it was actually like guaranteed one coat coverage, yeah. and they had to back yeah. off of that. I don't remember yeah. the history.
1: Yeah. So. And so why were they doing that? Well, they were trying to help, help you swallow the, at the time, what seemed to be a huge premium, it was an ultra premium product, and the price matched it, right? right. And so they're saying, well, how are we going to get people to buy it? We're going to convince them they can do two coats in one and eliminate one full coat. Well, guess what that really does? That's where the money was being made by the contractor. She's saying eliminate all your labor, but give us the money for the I'm like, that's and I actually did some training here in Chicago with the dealers and said, Hey, you need to edge yeah, that's the wrong message. Hey, there's a lot of great reasons to use this paint. And 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 you need to back off the and, and we're gonna eliminate half your your revenue because you're gonna eliminate a coat. That was the wrong message. So the product was great, had a lot of great applications. But I think that the message was wrong. So we need to educate people about the benefits of everything versus what's in it. You know, that was really a message that was good for the manufacturer. It really wasn't good for the contractor.
0: Right. And what is the uh, what are some of the other uh, things that you might teach a painting contractor where in your experience they've they've struggled to to get certain aspects of their business uh, moving or profitable?
1: Yeah, well. Uh, systemizing everything, um, max min levels in in their shop, ordering in bulk, um, s- specifying and narrowing their their um, sundries list, for instance, so so that they um, ha- can be a better partner to the store, so they can bulk order several cases of their favorite tape. Or favorite roller cover, and not be so dependent on the store stock that we know can ebb and flow depending on your delivery date. So you know, get being a good partner and just saying, hey, could you could you just um, could we just narrow down this this orders list, and then and then look, we'll be a good partner, right? That's again a win win. So instead of me being frustrated that you just ran out of my favorite whatever, I'm going to be my own mini paint store, and you're going to be my dealer. See, and so that's a great way. So first of all, we get. Um, we can get some better pricing because we're ordering case quantities. We can get better delivery. You know, you know how to be a great partner and there's less gaps. And so I love the idea of the paint uh, have being a mini paint store in your shop. And it doesn't have to be a $20,000 sundry order, Right? you know, it could be $500 at a time or a thousand. I like that we systemize, um, estimating and work orders, billing, uh, we just like to systemize systematize everything because we have we don't have enough time to touch all this stuff. So if we can eliminate stuff through technology, that's really gold. and we spend a lot of time on that. Uh, we spend a lot of time on culture and training and uh, you know, soft soft skills for our people and how to talk to customers and how to how to how to manage painters, for instance, as a crew leader. So we do a lot of work on the soft skills um, and how to just make our company better and a great place to work.
0: Right. And it's interesting because uh, if you're teaching uh, a painting contractor how to be a better business person, then sort of by the virtue of that process, you're teaching them how to be a better customer of, a, of an independent paint store right? That's be- exactly right. Because when you're teaching them how to be a better person, you're, uh, be a better business person. You're teaching them how to pay their bills on time and be responsible, how to make sure that they return phone calls to customers and be responsible. Well, all of those same lessons will all stick to the paint dealer as well. So when it, they get a call from a paint dealer, they'll know to return that call quickly because they're patterned to return calls quickly.
1: That's right. The other thing that, um, is a little bit just aside. Is I think we could do a we could do a lot more at teaching our customers how to be better customers. So, is there are there some ordering channels that might be better? Could we do electronic ordering? How do we get ahead of this um, ordering process where you might be out of a base or something like that? How do we how do we eliminate some of that? And we can do that by getting the, the contractor to get ahead of this curve and say place your orders early, place them electronically um, or use this portal or, you know, old school fax it. Right. I mean, nobody faxes, but you know, how could we, how could we do that so that we don't have a top tier target account standing at our counter, you know, ordering 25 gallons of paint, each, each a different color, a different product. And how do we leapfrog them because they're important? I mean, you know how, you know, the story, right? So we all know that happens. And yet, How much time have we spent saying, what can we do about it without just saying, well, I'm going to take care of them first because the person, the the homeowner, to do-it-yourself or waiting for a gallon, just going to wait. Well, what if we even thought about it differently and said, hey, I don't want you waiting at my paint counter. So I've got this program. I'd like to show it to you. And maybe we could work through this. And again, another way so that they don't stand at the counter. They like you better. And they go, wow, great. I'm special.
0: Right. And it's interesting because, you know, e-commerce is something that a lot of paint retailers are talking about right now. And I think over the coming months uh, are going to start to uh, uh, adopt in, in pretty significant numbers. And some of the data that we're seeing is that the driving force behind that is a lot of painting contractors. So a lot of your clients uh, are are looking for that. And and one of the things that I've already started to talk to retailers about is that once these systems are up and running, they're so efficient that, in fact, you should be teaching your painters how to order using these systems because the old way of the painter coming in, walking to the counter saying, Mark, I need five gallons of Regal color 912... Those days are gone because that painter doesn't want to stand at the counter anymore and wait for me to make those five gallons. And so replacing that is the internet. I want to teach them how to use my new site. I don't want to take a chance uh, that they'll use it once, not be impressed, uh, use it twice, get a little confused and move on. Move on. So I've actually started telling people like you should bring in a six foot TV And you should, you know, close up your store one night and you should run through your website. Like, this is how you order. This is, you know, so you're familiar. This is how you find tape. This is how you find rollers. This is how you favorite things. So that your customers are familiar with this level of service that you're providing. Because here's the thing, Scott, is that the other manufacturers, the Sherwin-Williams, the other providers, Sherwin-Williams, Home Depot, and Lowe's, they are already using these uh, uh, e-commerce systems as their point of sale system to meet their customers out where they are. They're already doing that. So just putting one on only levels the playing field. It doesn't give you an advantage. And what I'm trying to do here in my blog and in these podcasts is give retailers an advantage. And so in this case, the advantage goes uh, to the person that has taught their customer how to maximize their uh, e-commerce solution because that's the customer that's going to think, you know what, it's easier to deal with Mark Lipton. I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to, you know, tap a few buttons and, and get onto Mark Lipton's site and do business.
1: And actually, I, I think that's a great comment, Mark. Uh, um, you you can actually increase your um, your dollars per transaction if you if you, if people are, I think are allowed to do that because there's a comp there's a company you might've heard of it called Amazon. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you, this dealers, paint, paint, uh, stores have long lost a lot of stuff because they just never had good quantities. So, um, our, our P stuff, whether it be, uh, respirator filters or Tyvek suits or, you know, stuff that you just, you know, you need like a case of it and, and there's one on the shelf. We just stopped complaining about it. We, we, we just went, we just said, okay, screw it you know, we, we believe in help in shopping locally. Right. Yeah. But, but you, so many businesses just make it so doggone hard. Right. So we said, you know what, I'm not a fan of Amazon, but I'm a fan of um, availability. So, right. but you, if you, if you could get ahead of this and if I said, Hey, I need a case of Tyvek suits next week. Now that's, there's plenty of time for you to get that. There's no reason that price point can't be, acceptable to me. And now you've increased your sale for something that you didn't even have to really stock right? because you had, like you said, an online portal that I could make a plan. And I, and I think that it's great. And I think people, uh, you need to get comfortable with, you're going to have to educate people because it's, it's a hassle. Like what's, what sanding sponge do I need? There's about 50. Well, let's figure it out once. Yeah, And then, and then you're, then, then you won't have to worry about it. And I think it's really going to be part of your part of your job moving forward, truthfully.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Even, even, uh, education on the products and you're right. Uh, there is a lot of education on the, on the bigger products, uh, that exist in the stores. And so, uh, retailers know how to teach the difference between one type of primer and another, or one type of eggshell and another, but painters, uh, you know, are, are faced with a lot of options in their stores, even beyond that. Uh, when you come in, you've got five different professional brushes. Other than trying them all, what's the difference, right? And, right. and so educating the painters on those differences is, is just one way uh, to sort of ingratiate yourself. You know, you want to have conversations with your customers that aren't about collecting money. You want to have conversations with your customers that are not about the price of the gallon of paint. You want to have conversations with their with your customers that are not about some of the other problems or stress points in the relationship. And so that means you want to have conversations with your customers about other topics that are not stressful. And so What type of brush is best for uh, low VOC materials is an important part of the conversation Mm -hmm. that can be taught. You know, we've got these five different lines of brushes. These are the different temperature conditions that you want to be experiencing when you're using these. And those will all make your painters better.
1: Yep, Yeah. And I don't know. You know the requirement but you know chat there's a lot of chat functions now and well on on websites i mean depending on the size of your dealers if you had multiple locations it might make some sense to man a chat log uh with a revolving group of people somewhere and just have a chat function and it would be interesting i bet you if you could answer my question right now i might order that product but if i if i can't you know i mean i just so many great ideas and yet you have to get your nose out of the tenter right Yeah, we we understand it feels like that's what's making money, you know, the 10 term prints money for you. Mm, Not really. I mean, it does. But, you know, if if eventually... Everyone else that solves these problems, uh, uh, we're going to all go there, and you're going to just then be the old man pa that dies a slow death.
0: Right. I mean, listen. I can teach somebody how to operate the tinting machine. What I can't do is is teach somebody to represent myself and and my interests uh, to a customer. That's something that the dealer has to do themselves and take response responsibility for themselves.
1: Yeah. Now. Also, something that we didn't actually didn't touch on, but unless you've been somehow under a rock, there's so many great ways to provide online meetings through Zoom or you know Google Meets. You know, a million ways. But you know, you could actually create content and not even have it in your store. Yeah. So, and that's and that's like pretty easy to do. There's lots of great functions where we can mute people. And, and, you know, so there's, there's ways you can provide, uh, education without even having it physical anymore. I love physical because I just think there's engagement, there's energy, but, um, you know, I think if over the last say 15 years, People have been just busy and less inclined to go to an event. Yeah. You know, you plan an event and 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 who shows up, you know, say, well, we're going to give you a hot dog or a slice of pizza. Who cares? I mean, I don't care. I don't need that. Um, filet mignon. OK, right. maybe. But um, but, you know, and so the idea of saying breaking down the barrier of going, you don't have to go anywhere. You just have to turn your com- computer on for 60 minutes. Right. And, 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 you know, there's so many great ways. And I just think you got to get your head around what could we do? Um, well, one of the white constraints,
0: one of the nice ways, uh, one of the nice side uh, effects, so to speak, of of using digital is that your downside is. Uh, limited by the circumstance right and so we used to have pro shows i mentioned this as part of the uh, prep we were doing Uh, we used to have pro shows i had two stores in new york city and we used them as uh, selling opportunities we used them as educating opportunities we used them as money makers they were all money makers for us Uh, you know the individual shows themselves but there was uh, effort and overhead uh involved in putting one of those together and so you could imagine we could really do one a year right i mean we were a small organization two stores me and two managers and so it was a lot of burden uh on the organization right and and so we cared we had to spend a lot of time uh working on how many people showed up because it mattered right if we didn't get three four hundred people there it was probably not going to be so good and we wouldn't be able to get vendors next time. And that means we wouldn't make money. And that means we wouldn't have this education piece. So that became really important to us. But now in a digital age, listen, I could do one of these right now. I could open up a zoom about how to uh, report a record a podcast and Hey, you know what, Scott, if you're the only one listening, that's, that's fine. You're the only one listening. And next time, if there'll be uh, 200 people, that's fine too. It takes the same effort from me, you know?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And also, you have to do that uh, leg work, the grind. You know, um, as Mark mentioned, um, he didn't. He and I didn't know each other. I um, I post on social media, and um, I guess there's no harm in admitting this. I don't even post on social media. I hire someone to post on me- social media. Right. So, so you know. This is the same thing I'm telling you. You don't have to be the expert to present to the contractors. You just have to go find an expert. So I have a marketing person that finds quotes and such, and just to engage people that might be interested in something that I provide. And Mark found me, and here we're having this discussion. Yep. And and it's a new person I've never known. um, And uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to cash a check or make a dollar because I met Mark. But... I don't know, Mark might refer me to 10 other people and they might pay me a dollar. So, you know, these things are very easy to do and you just need to put it in your plan, figure out how you're going to do it, without making yourself crazy and within your budget and just get after it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really important that dealers hear this message that it's very easy and and a lot of people say it, it's very easy to say uh, that we provide great service. The problem is that if you provide great service based on how you define great service, you might not be providing great service at all. You right. need to provide great service based on what your customers are telling you is great service, and that's changing very quickly now. And right now, their services may, uh, the services they need may have less to do with paint and more to do with other aspects of their mm-hmm. business. And I think that that's what you've been saying from the beginning. And I think Scott, that that's really good advice that you're giving retailers.
1: Yeah, and and um, you know we do lots of PowerPoint. Presentations very clear, great content and and takeaways. I mean, it's just not that hard to do. So go find yourself someone that can help you, and and make a plan. Just make a commitment. I will do six in the next fiscal or calendar year, or one a month. Just 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 make it happen. Put it on the schedule, and um, you'll be amazed. I think at how eventually that thing grows.
0: Scott, we're uh, nearing the end of our time. Do you want to let people know how to get in touch with you if they've heard something that uh, that they want to talk to you about?
1: Yeah, I, I love talking to people. I love adding value. And um, if there's anything I can do to, with for anybody or further this discussion or, or, or even potentially deliver content, I don't know. You know, I'm glad to have that discussion. The best way to reach me is uh, by email, I would say. Uh, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at consulting the number four contractors.com. Scott at consulting the number four contractors.com. Or if you're more of a texter, I'm glad to give you my phone number at 630-774-6581 and glad to talk to anybody about anything that you feel would be helpful to you. And um, I'm just, I'd love to add value if I can. And so, Feel free
0: to reach out. Terrific. And so, Scott Lawler, a consultant and coach to painting contractors nationwide, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the time and I enjoyed this conversation very much.
1: Thanks, Mark.
0: So, that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. And you can hear this podcast, you can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store. SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher.